Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. Feisty, fearless, and fair, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. did come and he finally did speak regarding everything that's happening in Florida. When I say he came, he came to the White House. He was flanked by his Homeland Security Secretary and also his Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, again, Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. And I was happy to see because of obviously everything that's happening in Florida right now that it is such devastation. There is so much flooding. There is so much turmoil after the storm, Hurricane Adalia, which pounded the Florida coastline this morning. And that's what presidents do. They step up. They come up and say, hey, we are going to be there for you, American citizens, whatever you need. We're here. We're going to get resources. We're going to get funds. And that was his message today. And here it was. Literally a few hours after the hurricane hit uh, the Big Bend section there of Florida, he comes out and he says, we will be there for the citizens of Florida. That's the right message. That's what leaders do. And again, here he is with his right hand folks saying the same thing. All I kept thinking was, boy, you reacted pretty quickly here. If you could only bring Mayorkas to the border. If you could only bring Lloyd Austin to the border, if you yourself, Mr. President, could only go to the border more than five seconds when you did the little pit stop in El Paso, if you could somehow respond this quickly to Florida, which, again, absolutely deserves it, uh, boy, if you could only send the crisis team to the border because you are creating a crisis around America as a result of your open border policy. And for some reason, you can't seem to make it there. And for some reason, with Maui, it took you two whole weeks to get to Maui. And then when you get there, wowie, wowie, what you said was a mess in Maui. It was like the whole kitchen fire thing, which we're going to get into in a minute, because that is like turning into the tale of uh, 10 kitchens. You know, that is a whole mess. So his messaging was way off. The ground was too hot for him there. Remember when he landed, he was like, oh, God, the ground is hot. Oh, that's right. There was a fire. I mean, it's, it, this guy is like all over the place. And it's no wonder that some of these new polls that are coming out, basically from the AP, this is not like a, a right-leaning poll or anything. This is a fairly left-leaning poll saying essentially 70% of Democrats don't want him to run again because he's just a disaster. He is a complete disaster when he goes to disasters. Whenever there's some trying moment... He doesn't seem to be able to relate. He talks about ice cream or he starts talking about himself and his family as if he's trying to somehow saying that he's connecting with them. How is that connecting with the people when he was in Maui talking about a kitchen fire when their home and their lives are in rubble? 
and they've lost loved ones. And there's still hundreds of missing people, including children. Nothing that he's been through can relate to that unless he's uh, survived a whole town burning to the ground and he was the last man standing. I mean, this is just crazy. When he starts doing these stories, it seems so disingenuous. And it reminds me also of the Afghan, this is the mother, the gold star mother, Cheryl Rex, who always talks about when her son's casket was sadly coming off the C-130 at uh, Dover Air Force Base in Delaware after he was one of the 13 U.S. servicemen who was killed over there, service members. It was men and women, of course. And when they get carried off in that just poignant, unforgettable, grief-stricken moment, he starts looking at his watch, President Biden, at the moment. And then he starts talking about his son. It's like it's offensive. And so he goes to Maui, tells the kitchen fire story that he's told before, uh, and he does that again today. I will say again, at least he started out right. Here he is with flanked with again. One side is Mayorkas, the border expert, really. I'm joking because he thinks the border is secure. He's got he's on fentanyl or something, if that's what he thinks. You know, I'm telling you, he's on some strong stuff because, boy, uh, that is not the case. And then on the other side is Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin. And here is the president speaking like a president for once. When I took office, I directed my team to raise our game and how we lead and coordinate our responses to natural disasters. And uh, because I've been around a while and I've known how these function. He's been around a while, that's for sure. Uh, And that's what a lot of people are saying in this new poll, that he's been around way too long. And that it is time for somebody who's more spry, uh, more refreshing. Uh, more cognizant, if you will. So he starts out saying, we're going to be there. I've got experience, again, me. (laughs) I've got experience, me, Joe Biden. Uh, It's taught me these things. I really know how to step up. And then he starts kind of going into this whole political rigmarole, which is just, again, completely inappropriate. Here's where he starts saying, again, it's climate crisis. I don't think anybody can deny the impact of the climate crisis anymore. Just look around. Historic floods. I mean, historic floods. More intense droughts. Extreme heat. Significant wildfires have caused significant damage like we've never seen before, not only throughout the Hawaiian Islands and the United States, but in Canada and other parts of the world. We've never seen this much fire. And then... Here he goes where he starts telling the kitchen fire story. But listen, because every time he tells it, there's like a new version to it. There's a slight variance. Here is the version today. I didn't know anything like that, but I lightly struck my house. We had to be out of that house for about seven months. I was repaired because so much damage was done to the house and half the house almost collapsed. Okay, you just heard it. Half the house almost collapsed. According to records, it was a small kitchen fire that was contained in about 15 to 20 minutes, stayed in the kitchen. And again, that's a different version than he said just what it was about a week ago when he did the wowie wowie in Maui Maui. Take a listen. Not to compare difficulties, but we have a little sense, Jill and I, what it's like to lose a home. Years ago, now... Fifteen years ago, I was 
in Washington doing Meet the Press. It was a sunny Sunday. And lightning struck at home on a little lake that's outside of our home, not a lake, a big pond, and hit a wire and came up underneath our home into the heating ducts, the air conditioning duct. To make a long story short, I almost lost my wife, my 67 Corvette, <laughs> and my cat. But all kidding aside, I watched the firefighters, the way they responded. It's painful for me to hear that. When I hear him laughing about the Corvette, all kidding aside, I don't think anybody's kidding. That was in Maui when he finally got to Maui. And then, of course, who could forget one of the other versions of the so-called 15-minute kitchen fire that stayed to the kitchen that didn't touch his Corvette, by the way. Thank goodness, right, for everybody's sake. Um, But here he is. This is a year before. This is Hurricane Ian when he's down in Florida, and he tells the story again of the house fire a little different way. I know from experience how much how much anxiety and fear and concern there are in the people. We didn't lose our whole home, but lightning struck, and we lost an awful lot of it about 15 years ago. So did he lose half of the home? Did he lose the almost the whole home? Uh, was his wife in jeopardy, the Corvette in jeopardy, all kidding aside? I, I mean, I'm being facetious. It's so inappropriate. And it comes after when he talks about ice cream, remember, after the school shooting that happened? This guy, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, and, and let's play cut 14 because this is the, the he gets to Maui. They have had the most devastating wildfire, one of the most devastating ever in American history, certainly the worst Hawaii has ever had, uh, still missing people. It's just your heart breaks for them as they break for the people in Florida today. But Maui has lost, you know, it may be hundreds of people at the end of the day because there's still hundreds missing. And this is what he has the audacity to say when he finally gets there. You guys catch the boots out here? That's hot ground, man. Yeah, we're going to hurry up and move on because the president just said hot ground, man. Wow. I mean, what a weird thing to say. What is going on with our president? And I mean that all sincerely because he is all over the place. Even today, luckily, he gets to the top of it and talks about aid. Someone must have said, speak about aid first, because he probably was going to talk about chocolate ice cream. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Mike in South Carolina on line one. Mike, your thoughts. Oh, geez. Uh, hey, Rita. I was just telling Kenny to make Kenny up. I'm in the middle of, uh, oh, yeah, you know. Mother Nature. Oh, uh, my gosh, that's right. Where are you in South Carolina? Thank you, by the way. My goodness, Mike. I hope, first of all, where are you in South Carolina? Are you in Columbia or where are you? I'm in, I'm in Little River. I'm three miles away from Calabash, North Carolina border. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. How, what is the weather like there, first off? Right now, I just got a warning on my phone. And, you know, uh, up until 1045, maybe longer, uh, brace yourself. You know, so now the winds, it's heavy raining right now. I'm in my vehicle, 
I was just getting ready to go uh, to my condo. I said, well, I think Rita's going to me. <laughs> but, oh, uh, my goodness. Well, listen, I don't want to hold you up. I think you should go no, in no, your no, condo. That's all right. All right. Um, you know what? Uh, I, I could say this. and uh, Your show is aces. And Joe Biden waxing poetic about his house fire. And he's in Maui. People were incinerated. His Corvette, his Corvette. Yeah, his ice cream. Yeah, his ice cream. Uh, that'll be that'll be part of his mantra, you know. That'll be part of his mantra uh, when he exits, and maybe he can, uh, you know, uh, trip on the step, uh, the marine helicopter as he's let, getting ready to leave for the last time as president. Uh, and you can't, you know, truth is stranger than fiction, Rita. You got all the bases covered, and he just, you know, uh, disgusting. And, and the families, the thirteen families who lost their uh, their heroes, Afghanistan. He doesn't speak about that, but he mentions his other son. He wasn't a war hero. He died of cancer. And Hunter, the brother, was, you know, boffing uh, his sister-in-law. Yeah, yeah, by the way, you're right. There is a lot of drama there. And and obviously, my heart breaks that he lost uh, his son, Bo. But the time when they are coming and seeing their children's bodies coming off in caskets, flag draped caskets after the debacle of the Abbey Gate for him to start talking about Bo, who just as you said, didn't pass away overseas. He passed away home. And second of all, all attention should be on these families. It, it, to me, it's so insincere and it's so disjointed. Uh, Mike, thank you. And you stay safe. I'll call us later if you're okay. Please give us an update from South Carolina later on in the show. But most importantly, you get in undercover and you stay safe, my friend. Very, very much. It's always great to talk with you. And when we come back, everybody, we're going to talk to the great GOP strategist, Adam Weiss, and get his take on some of these new polls about Biden, Trump, and a lot more. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, some new polls are showing that even Democrats are downright disappointed in President Biden. Seventy percent say they would like someone else to be going into the White House other than President Biden. Uh, Also, after the first debate, the first GOP primary debate, Trump still quite a bit ahead. One person who's gained a little steam is this guy. Let's just speak the truth, okay? President Trump, I believe, was the best president of the 21st century. It's a fact. And joining us now to talk about Vivek Ramaswamy and much more is GOP strategist, uh, the great Adam Weiss. Adam, great to have you here on the show. Why did you think uh, Vivek was a standout? I just think Vivek is, hey, thanks for having me. I think Vivek's just a standout. He's refreshing, young not afraid to take interviews on left, right, center, far left media. And he, and he does it in an articulate, you know, passionate, um, you know, way where he reaches a broad swath of our uh, electorate, even though it's a primary, which, you know, we don't win elections far right, far left. There's a swath in the middle that we need to always attract. And he's really doing a good job at that because a few months ago, nobody even knew who he was. And he's risen in some polls to second place. Yeah, no, you're right. And he definitely, I agree. I think he really stood out. Um, him and Nikki Haley kind of went at it on foreign policy, but he, I thought, held his own on a lot of the different things. And I think, obviously, I think the big winner was Donald Trump, who wasn't there. 
you think the uh, Georgia mugshot is is really meant to go after him, humiliate him. He's making big bucks, though, by the way, Adam. I don't know if you saw this, but he just raked in. It just came out, Adam Weiss. He raked in. It's almost $9 million since the mugshot came out. Yeah, it seems like every time they the deep state, the prosecutors go after Trump, it really, you know, makes the supporters more passionate and more in and for the long run, right? If you're if you've dedicated your passion, your money into someone and they're getting attacked, you're gonna stay in you most of you're gonna stick in it. And they're really feeling he's really being uh, you know, misspelled misplaced here. Their their anger is just terrible towards Trump and the, what they're doing to him and four different prosecutions in different areas and they wanna rush and they wanna rush this trial, which is even more terrible. I mean who gets a trial of nineteen people does a trial in Washington, D.C. rushed in a few months. It's absolutely ridiculous. I never heard of anything like that. Yeah, and um, they also set the date for the day right before Super Tuesday. I mean, how is no, that not election interference? <laughs> just just happens to be the day before, right? Total election interference, total unjust. And it's not what the American people deserve. We're not, we're, you know, whole lives would look at countries that do this kind of stuff, you know, go after their former presidents of third world countries. I never, we, we always said to ourselves, this doesn't happen in America. Why is it happening in America? It's such a corrupt, what we're watching here. It's really, you know, not the America I grew up in, not the America we believe in. And it's not, it's really you know, unpale what's happening with the Justice Department yeah. and the state, and the state, because they're coordinating here. I mean, I was, uh, I think Newt Gingrich broke a story Sunday night, says that the federal prosecutors, the federal government, coordinated with the state prosecutor because they knew some bad news was coming out with Hunter Biden. So they rushed that Monday prosecution. And that's why there was all that miscommunication, putting it out online and taking it back. Yeah, that's crazy. And that should not be in play when you're doing a decision uh, about somebody's life and, and all the criminal consequences and Justice Department consequences. It's a not it's not supposed to be politicized. Adam, I want to ask you real quick. Um, I had John McLaughlin on an earlier show and John was saying that he thinks if it's going to be Trump and right now it looks like it is uh, for the GOP nomination, uh, if it's a Biden Trump, he thinks that Biden won't debate your thoughts real quick. I think the new norm with Democrats, you had a, the governor in Arizona sitting. She never debated once. She ran around with a chicken suit. Not debated. A sitting governor, Democrat, did not debate. Fetterman in Pennsylvania debated once, and it was, a, it was a skit from Saturday Night Live. You couldn't make it up how bad it was, and the media played cover from. He's going to sit in his basement again. They'll rush some kind of, like, emergency situation with COVID. They'll allow him to sit in the basement. Yep. And will the mainstream media, we know about it, will they chase him? Will they force him to debate? They don't even force Biden to have press conferences. What well, kind of we, in my life that doesn't have press conferences? We, you're right. He should debate. Adam Weiss, thank you. We got a hard break. Thank you. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130. 
for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the show, where we get to honor our great law enforcement and also their families. A really powerful story coming from Plymouth, Massachusetts, where a jujitsu class was just getting started at a self-defense academy this week when a trio of students saw a classmate collapse on the mat. Fortunately for that classmate, the trio were two Plymouth police officers and a Massachusetts firefighter all off duty. So the Plymouth Police Department spokesperson said what they did was they just start doing what they're trained to do. At first, they thought that the man they knew as George was having a seizure, but they quickly realized the 49-year-old father had no pulse and was not breathing. When you realize he's in cardiac arrest and not a seizure, the gears kind of shift, the paramedic said. So while two of them launched into CPR, the others scrambled down to Planet Fitness on the far end of that shopping center. They snatched the automatic external defibrillator, an AED as it's called, off the wall, and they ran back in their bare feet and they quickly used it on him and started to restart his heart. The AED was a huge, huge help. George was actually able to greet his classmate rescuers at the local hospital just a few hours later. What an amazing story. Uh, the fact that they happened to be there in the same class and knew obviously exactly what to do and to run down and get that AED and save his life. They rushed him to the hospital and he is said to be doing okay. In fact, uh, one of the sergeants said a sign of relief was watching him wave and kind of making jokes on his way out of the door and how he ruined the jujitsu class. Uh, I'm glad he had a good sense of humor and most importantly that he is alive thanks to the great men and women in blue who happened to be at the right place at the right time. Well, speaking of health issues, boy, this was really scary today. Uh, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, 81 years old of Kentucky, he is in his home state and he is starting to do, you know, a speech talking about a whole bunch of different things in the middle of a press event. And almost similar to what happened on Capitol Hill last month. Remember that moment where he just froze suddenly? Uh, the same thing happened today. And it was quite frightening. It seemed even longer than what happened about a month ago. Uh, take a listen to sort of the moment that everybody's talking about today. What are my thoughts about what? Running for re-election in 2026. Oh. That's right. Did you hear the question, Senator? Running for re-election in 2026? Yes. All right, I'm sorry, you all. We're going to need a minute. Senator. Wow, really, really emotional to see it, too. He just froze, and it stayed like that for a while. Um, I was talking to Dr. Mark Siegel earlier today of Fox News, and he thinks maybe he has some form of Parkinson's. Um, something is clearly going on that this is now a repeated pattern. And obviously our thoughts and prayers are with Mitch McConnell tonight. And of course, certainly all the people there, of course, in 
Florida that are going through the aftermath of the storm. You just heard from Mike who called in. He's in South Carolina saying that the Carolinas are getting pounded right now with a lot of wind and rain. And, of course, uh, we are thinking of them tonight. Uh, if you're in those areas and you're listening to us, give us a call. Tell us what it's looking like in your area. I know we have great listeners all over the country. So if you are in those areas, let us know, first of all, that you're okay and also what you're seeing on the ground and in the skies there. We are talking, of course, about President Biden. And it's unbelievable that his moment comes where he needs to step up and talk about what's happening in Florida. Um, obviously, it goes from a storm to suddenly a pretty strong hurricane. And this is his moment. I think presidents most pivotal of all is that they're consoler and chief, not just commander in chief, but consoler in chief. And in times where there has been incredible heartache in the country, like after a hurricane, the moment is to step up and say, we're with you. The federal government is here. We're going to give you whatever you need. Uh, you will have aid. You will have manpower. We will help you rebuild um, to be someone hopeful and chief. And I thought it was great that at least within a few hours of it hitting landfall in Florida, President Biden comes out there at the White House. Again, he's flanked by the Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. He's flanked by Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin on the other side and showing a sign of force and solidarity that we are here to help Florida. He also used the moment to help, you know, say we are going to be there to continue to support Maui. And I feel like on the Maui issue, it's really clean up on aisle seven because he goes to Maui talking about how hot the ground is. Then he kind of falls asleep, it looks like, during one of the services to honor the victims. And sadly, there are many of them there. And then he starts talking about the kitchen fire story, like as if, hey, I've been there too, guys. How could you say you've been there? You had a small kitchen fire and you're comparing it to sheer devastation that's on the ground there in Maui. The town of Lahaina doesn't even exist anymore. It's burned to the ground. People have lost everything and their loved ones. Uh, it's unconscionable grief. And for you to say a small kitchen fire, somehow you can relate. He always says these like out of, you know, out of uh, moment uh, comments. They just don't fit at that time. He sometimes talks about ice cream after weird moments, like after the shooting in Tennessee. He talks about ice cream and then starts laughing. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. I got to talk about, a fi- you know, the shooting. And then same thing in Maui. Oh, the ground is hot. And oh, I had this kitchen fire. I can relate to you. I mean, it, it's just it's odd. It's really odd. And he did it again when he started talking about what happened in Florida. This time, the story has changed a little bit again, just like the story about the conductor who apparently said, hey, Joe, you have the most miles of anywhere. And I think the conductor on the train had already passed for many years, just like the story of Corn Pop, just like the story about Nelson Mandela, where he says that he was arrested. I mean, there's all these sort of stories that just keep changing and morphing. And for some reason, he keeps kind of going back to that same story about the kitchen. So I think he does it so he can try to tap into something empathetic or someone in the White House says, uh, Mr. President, you don't sound empathetic. You got to kind of hit a hard chord. Maybe you touch something in your own life so you can try to sound empathetic with other people. I mean, he shouldn't have to tap into that emotion or that story to be able to sound empathetic to people who have lost so much in both the case of Maui and, of course, so much after what happened in Florida and the Carolinas. I mean, it's just it, it's odd. 
I mean, what's happened should be enough to tap into your empathy, Mr. President. But for some reason, he keeps going there. And the story keeps changing. Here is the latest version that he said just a few hours ago. I know from experience how much how much anxiety and fear and concern there are in the people. We didn't lose our whole home, but lightning struck and we lost an awful lot of it about 15 years ago. So why does he keep kind of going back to this same story? First, it's a small kitchen fire. Then the whole thing almost burned to the ground. Now it's half of it burned to the ground. And by all reports, it was about a 15, maybe 20 minute, they said at the most, kitchen fire that stayed in the kitchen. And he makes it sound like it's the be all end all. So how can you understand their pain when they've gone through such horrible disaster? And then he starts using it again for politics, going about climate change. How inappropriate. That's not the moment to start bringing in politics. It's like after shootings, he starts talking immediately about gun control. If that's the case, he should maybe have a talk with his son, Hunter Biden, because he's the guy who put the gun. Remember, he wasn't supposed to get the gun because he wasn't lawfully allowed to have it because of his drug history. And he's the one who put the gun, I think, in the dumpster, wasn't it, behind the school, according to reports? I mean, maybe have a talk with your son before you start talking to the country and lecturing the rest of us. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to BJ. Line one. BJ, your thoughts. Hey, Rita. Great show. You left out that he was, he grew up in a Puerto Rican neighborhood uh, amongst the... Uh, oh, that's the, right. By the way, you know you know he's grown up in every neighborhood that exists, BJ. Because that's right. I, he said, didn't he say Puerto Rican? Then it, I think it changed to Italian. Yeah. I think he said yeah. Polish at one point. Um, yeah. it's, uh, like, I'm waiting for him. He grew up in a, a, you know, a Zimbabwean neighborhood. You know, that's next. I, Icelandic neighborhood. That's the next one. I, I had an uncle like that who was very uh, advanced in age when I was a little kid, and I used to say, Mommy, can you give me 20 bucks? And he, he, he she'd say no, and I'd say, Uncle, Mommy just said to give me 20 bucks. He'd, he'd, he'd open up the wallet and give it to you. That's how the Democrats <laughs> work. <laughs> but but this whole thing, this is all a propaganda thing because what happens is is that he is so outrageously out of it that the Dem- they put him out there in front of the cameras because they know the mass media will focus on that and not on the fact that he is going to be uh, uh, the subject of an impeachment inquiry next month. Okay, so this is this is all deflection from that, in my humble opinion, because, frankly, he you don't send winners out there like that. You 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 let them speak as as little as possible and you get them away from the cameras. And his behavior is outrageous in front of these reporters. I mean, it's off the wall. And I don't know why anyone hasn't called him on it. I think conservative media has, but uh, the the usual suspects, MSNBC, CNN, oh, that's Joe being Joe, you know him, ha, ha, ha. In the meantime, the guy is off the wall with the remarks that he makes, just so inappropriate. And it, it really, I mean, I'm not a doctor, but in my opinion, that's a, that's a real symptom of something very serious when you start making these inappropriate comments and start laughing when everyone's crying. And people are brokenhearted. There was a woman who lost her rent money. Her rent money was burnt to a crisp. 
and they came by with seven hundred dollar uh, gift cards or whatever it is out there in Maui. And uh, you know, are you kidding me? I mean, you know, the, these people are have lost everything, and he's out there making stupid jokes and stupid remarks about kitchen fires. Yeah, or the grounds or the grounds. And and you know, BJ, you brought up. I'm glad you reminded everybody too about the seven hundred dollars. Because that is such a measly amount. Can you imagine you lose everything and someone says, hey, I'm going to give you 700 bucks. Uh, good luck. You know, I mean, a $700 one-time payment. That That is uh, just a shameful, uh, pathetic amount. Also, um, earlier today, um, I was talking with Victoria Coates, Deputy National Security Advisor under Trump. And she said that she had learned that they are trying to pair some of this disaster money uh, for, you know, taking care of people in Maui and Florida and elsewhere and trying to lump it in with Ukraine money. In other words, you, uh, you know, shame on you if you don't pass, uh, the disaster money because, uh, just because it happens to be lumped in with all the stuff tied to Ukraine, which is, you know, a lot of money, as we know. And it's, it's a, by the way, I'm a big believer, obviously in making sure that the folks with the disaster have all the money and all the help they can. I don't, that's not the point. It's the point that they're sort of lumping it to this Ukraine money because they know that there are people who want to see an accounting for the money and figure out if it's appropriate, all that stuff. I mean, all these things are discussions and there shouldn't be any discussion necessarily on disaster relief fund. So they're trying to sort of sweep it through and shame somebody if they don't vote for it. It's a way for them to push through whatever they want in terms of Ukraine. Um, and again, you guys know I'm Polish. I'm a big believer um, in making sure that we, you know, keep Europe calm and uh, and kick Putin out of Ukraine. But as all of that stuff goes, you still shouldn't be lumping it together. You shouldn't be lumping disaster relief with Ukraine money. It's, it's just unseemly. And another thing, I want to play this because this is Gold Star Father. You talked about the anger that people feel. Gold Star Father Mark Schmitz. Uh, he lost his son in Afghanistan. His son was one of the 13 service members who was killed. His son is Marine Corps Lance Corporal Jared Schmitz. And he was so outraged at the way that Biden behaved uh, when his son's casket, flag draped casket, came back to Dover Air Force Base. This is what he said in the last 24 hours of Biden's behavior. Well, I stood there on the tarmac watching you check your watch over and over again. All I wanted to do was shout out, it's 2.30. But out of respect to the other grieving families, I bit my tongue once again. Well, as you could probably tell by now, I'm done biting my tongue. You, sir, stole their lives, their futures, their dreams, and have ripped apart 13 families. You cannot even man up and admit that. You, sir, gave us all the title Gold Star Family. You, sir, discredit honor and integrity. Two years later, there are things I find myself thinking about. Where and what was Biden's logic sneaking out of Bagram in the middle of the night before ever getting a single Afghan partner or American civilian out? This is the purest definition of intentional negligence. This is just one of many irresponsible and negligent decisions coming from the White House. In addition, leaving behind billions of dollars of our finest military hardware has led to the biggest international free black market, free market in history. Unfortunately, this will undoubtedly lead to more American military lives lost in the future.
between what has happened, been happening here domestically, for example, the border, over the last two and a half years, and all your failed foreign policy decisions, I would venture a guess that you have more American blood on your hands, Mr. Biden, than any president in U.S. history. Wow. What a poignant statement from the Gold Star Father. We're going to take your calls after the break, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. Coming up, by the way, in the next hour here of the Rita Cosby Show, well, the migrants are now ready to take over the New York City public schools uh, because next week school is starting and many migrants who don't even speak English uh, will be put into the classrooms, which makes it tough for the school kids, makes it tough for the migrants, too. Uh, They are hiring extra teachers, again, all at taxpayers' expense. This as migrant shelters are popping up all over the place. We're going to talk about that. Plus also some new details in the Hunter Biden, Joe Biden saga. Uh, We're going to hear from John Solomon and talk with him and get his take on all the latest in terms of the travel logs, which may show some very interesting patterns where Hunter joined his dad again on taxpayer expense going on Air Force Two to some foreign lands, then cutting business deals, and according to multiple reports, meeting with the president, actually then Vice President Joe Biden, and Hunter and the business people, even though Joe Biden maintains he has never talked to his son about business. If there's anybody that believes that, I will uh, sell you the Brooklyn Bridge. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Stan in Forest Hills. Line 5. Stan, your thoughts. Good evening. How you you doing, Stan? Yep, how you doing? Okay. Uh, Just two things. That's all. Just two things. One, the brain-dead zombie who is on television today, and you keep talking about the president and his condition, this guy is definitely brain dead and gone. I mean, there's something wrong with him. Who you are you talking about? Fetterman? No, not Fetterman. McConnell, your Republican friend. He is a zombie. I mean, I couldn't believe it. There is definitely something wrong. There ain't nothing with, wrong with the president compared to this guy. This guy's out of it, totally. The woman had to touch him and say, oh, blah, 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 blah. I mean, he should resign or get help or something. Go to the hospital. By the, by the way, Stan, like he did look bad. I, I agree. That ain't the worst. Yeah, he I agree. Terrible. I agree. Terrible. But Stan, I was Stan, when I saw him, I was too. I was too. It was really hard to watch, and and well, obviously, don't, don't compare. Don't talk about President Biden. No, I actually wasn't. Actually, I was going to talk about Diane Feinstein because well, Diane Feinstein. About her too. She yeah. should resign too. I agree. I agree. She get out too. I agree. Absolutely. Hey, I'm consistent. All right. Now, now let me absolutely. I think she should get out in health situations like hers. What about uh, hello, good night? In, but, what about hello, good night, uh, Fetterman? Uh, that's another case. That guy looks like he's from Star Wars or Star Trek. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, but let me let me get to the main news of the day, which you won't talk about, and neither will John Solomon. That loser. It's simple. Congratulations. First of all, John's a great journalist, but go ahead. Congratulations to the mother and daughter in Georgia, the election people, who beat Rudy Giuliani in a suit today for defamation. 
He has lost the case. He has to pay. Of course, he's tapped out. He's broke. He won't be able to pay. Trump may have to bail him out on that, too. But this is the beginning. And they won the case. And now Giuliano will have to pay. They won't come up with an amount. All right. Well, two things, Stan. Hold on. Hang on. Hang on. Two things. Obviously, Rudy is, I'm sure, going to appeal it. I haven't talked to him about it. I'm sure he's going to appeal. And you seem to think it's okay that they're going after Trump and all of his attorneys. Uh, How is that American justice? I thought everybody deserves a defense. And for some reason, you think that defense attorneys and the president should just always get arrested. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. We'll be talking with John Solomon, who's going to fill us in on the very latest with all the Hunter Biden stuff. And there is a lot uh, because, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, it looks like James Comer is on the hunt. And it looks like probably in the next few weeks there may be an impeachment inquiry against the sitting president of the United States. And think about what a contrast this is, because next week. Also, we will see President Trump, along with 18 co-defendants, probably all of them at the same time, potentially in a courtroom in Georgia for the arraignment. Remember, he did the mugshot. He had to do the mugshot, as they all did, before uh, X date. Remember, they had to be in before last Friday at noon. And then the actual arraignment, where they will hear the charges will be at some point next week. And that is undoubtedly going to be uh, just a zoo. Can you imagine Trump and probably all the defendants, or at least most of them there at the same time? It'll be Trump, Rudy Giuliani, a whole bunch of others, even though Stan doesn't think that someone has a right to have proper defense. I actually do. And I think that it's abomination. It's un-American that they have been targeting not only the president of the United States, but also his legal counsel. I mean, they went after Rudy Giuliani. They're going after John Eastman. They're going after anybody who defended the president. I mean, this is just, it is crazy. It just has a chilling effect on the right to have appropriate representation and to listen to different representation. And Trump, at the end of the day, is going to say, hey, listen, I was getting advice from them. They came up with a novel or an interesting theory. They believe this might work. Uh, That is going to be a huge part of his defense. So clearly they are trying to have a just disastrous effect on anybody trying to help President Trump in any shape or form. Uh, You try to defend him, they're going to go after you. 
I mean, they're just trying to literally try to drive them to, to be broke. It's crazy. It is crazy. And in the meantime, President Trump is coming out swinging and saying all of these various indictments uh, basically are just all orchestrated, he believes, by President Biden and the Justice Department that clearly seems to be going soft on Hunter and everything else and Joe and everything else. You don't hear anything about any of those from the Justice Department. But President Trump says this is nuts. As I mentioned, President Trump saying that since that mugshot has come in, uh, the flip side is he's been getting a lot of campaign donations. He has pulled in $20 million in the month of August and about $9 million plus since he did the mugshot. Because people are going, this is ridiculous. It is such a pylon. And here is President Trump. Here's what he had to say about all of these indictments that are just stacking up and yet another arraignment next week. These crazy indictments against me should be viewed as campaign contributions to crooked Joe Biden and his radical left thugs. This will be their updated form of cheating and election interference. Remember, these are Biden indictments. They're not pure and simple. They're not coming down from heaven. These are indictments made up by Joe Biden and the people that surround him, mostly the people that surround him. He's got a bad group. They're thugs. They're radical left fascists. They're Marxists. They're communists. They have the worst people. But these people made these indictments. So when they say, oh, Donald Trump is going to court. No, no. We're going to court to fight a crooked system, a corrupt system. And Democrats better be careful what they wish for. Because this kind of thing can happen to them, and it can happen very quickly. Thank you very much. Still fighting. What is the words? No surrender. That's what he put after the mugshot. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Norm, line three. Uh, Norm, your thoughts about all this? Uh, my thoughts about it. Um, well, concerning Biden and his home fire, um, the reality of it can be determined by the original fire department report. Uh, I don't know if this fire was in Washington, D.C. or Delaware, but either way, there must be a fire report. And yeah, And, and by the way, according to the fire report, because we've seen a number of people report it, that it apparently was 15 to 20 minutes and stayed isolated okay. to the kitchen. So that's that. So that's so that that's it. That's so it. Biden and yet, is, yet, it's, uh, yet, yet somehow uh, he's going through the same pain that people in Maui who've lost everything have gone through. Right. Right. Well, um, I don't know. I just hear the selectivity of the previous caller um, leeching on um, Mitch McConnell and his unfortunate health condition. Yeah. But, and, and, uh, and also, McCon- yeah. And you know what, Norm, I want to say one thing, because to me, age is not necessarily the issue. I, I want to be clear with people on that. I'm not saying you're saying that um, because Mitch McConnell clearly is having some some issues. He's 81. Um, but you look at President Trump. Uh, he's he's, you know, just a few years younger yeah. than President Biden. And boy, is he a lot more spry. You know, right. No, I, I you know, I, 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 I think it's more telling of uh, the previous caller, his uh, childlike um, reaction. I mean, it's almost like they take pleasure out of a person um, aging and being sick. Um, I don't take pleasure 
out of uh, as much as I dislike Joe Biden for his politics, I don't take pleasure out of out of what appears to me him going through some sort of uh, uh, dementia or Alzheimer or something like that. But it's just it's just it's really telling that, uh, you know, it's just it's just telling that people uh, take pleasure out of an elderly person. Um, well, that's why that's getting... why I brought up Norma Diane Feinstein, because clearly, uh, you know, she's having some issues, too. And, and I feel bad for both of them. I mean, she's a bit older um, and has been in the Senate for a long time. But remember the other day somebody said, uh, yes, uh, you want to vote? Yes. Oh, yeah, 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 yes. I mean, how is that, uh, you know, helping the American public if they're not fully aware of the votes, of what's going on? Um, they need help. And, and even like Fetterman, who was a lot younger, obviously, uh, the famous hello, good night debater. Um, when when he was doing it, it was like it was painful. It was clear he was not ready to be a debater. And that's why uh, they probably held him off for so long, because they knew he needed a lot of therapy and he still needs a lot more. Um, and so, you know, you, you feel bad for everybody, but it's not the right service for the American public. Uh, great points, Norm. Let's go to Judith. Line six. Judith, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. Listen, let me talk to you about the couldn't care less in chief Biden. OK, I like the, the way you said hopeful. I, I call him the couldn't care less in chief. That's uh, I am inspired by you, Rita, for saying that. Uh, I said, I, you know, he's like me, myself and I. Listen, Biden doesn't care about other people's lives. OK, so let me let me just uh, connect something to you and remind something for you uh, from the past. First of all, Afghanistan. Uh, Biden didn't care for the lives lost there. And I think you spoke to someone yesterday. These generals should have resigned, you know, when he didn't want to go along with it. He didn't give a flying flip, Biden, because, again, my theme is to show how he doesn't care. And I think the Democrat administration is part of it. And by the way, Obama, all of his workers, all of his people, policy people are right there behind Biden. They're working now for Biden. So it's an Obama-Biden situation here. But getting back, I'm going to remind you, this reminds me of Benghazi, okay, uh, these Democrat, again, a Democrat administration under Obama, Biden, Hillary scandal. Do you remember Sherry Atkinson? You're the one that interviewed her. And do you remember yes, what she Sher- said? Yes, Cheryl. She's she great. Said, she said, well, she said, I got a few things. She said to you that the generals knew the truth, but were afraid of losing their pensions. Okay. Ugh. Bunch of, you know, bunch of things. And let me tell you something. Obama, Biden, they saw all of it in real time didn't lift a finger to try to save these 30, 31 people who could have been murdered for sure, if not for these heroes that didn't listen to the stand down order, which I wonder who gave that order. Okay. But going to Hawaii, going to Hawaii. Yep. Real quick, Judith. This man, Biden, he should have been moved to tears and humbled instead of giving a fake climate change lecture, which you had said, which I had uh, wanted to tell you. So I'm just repeating, not because you said, but I had it by mind. This was a man-made catastrophe. And this man should have been moved to tears. He should have been humbled. Totally different. Okay. And it's just incredible. It's, you know, the whole thing, there's much unlawfulness and so much uh, just non-caring on this whole Democratic side, you know. Yeah, as no, far as Dan goes, well, you know what, you know what, hang and, and hold on, hold on a second. Real quick, Judith, I'll give sure. you 10 seconds. Yeah. Go ahead, please. Sure. I was going to say, I agree with Stan. I can't stand Mitch McConnell. I'm sorry, but I'm, I, I'm again with Norm. I don't want anyone to be sick. I don't want make fun of anyone getting ugly. But I find that Biden is very shrewd like a fox. 
Yeah. I think he puts a bit of an act. There's some uh, sort of an act there as well. I don't know. I really think so. I mean, I think, a- I think he's up and down, Judith. Like, I, I hear your point that, like, sometimes he seems on it. And he answers very quippy, like, no, you know, like, uh, like very transparently when he gets asked questions, especially by like Peter Ducey and some others. But then other times he's just so out of it. It's so inappropriate. And this sort of, like you said, the sort of no respect for human life or other suffering. And, and I think his staff knows it. I think either his staff or he's conscious that he doesn't have this, he has this numb emotions about other people. That they say tap into, it's like a trick, like tap into uh, something horrible that happened to you, like your Corvette almost got on fire. And that way you can sound empathetic to these people. I feel like he's either telling himself or someone else is telling him that because he doesn't do it automatically. I mean, how could you not go to Maui and just start crying, you know, when you see everything, Um, you know, and, and your heart breaks for the people in Florida, too, right now with the hurricane and the Carolinas getting battered right now, too. It's just, it is so heartbreaking, but but uh, great points as always, Judith. We love you and appreciate you. When we come back, we're going to hear from John Solomon with the very latest on all the Hunter Biden, Joe Biden stuff, and he's got some breaking news. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And joining us now with some big breaking news is the founder of Just the News, John Solomon. John, some big stuff on the then Vice President Joe Biden front related to current events and obviously Hunter Biden, too. Yes, airlines and uh, or air, air trips and uh, emails are the latest evidence that are bubbling up in Congress's great importance. Let's start with the biggest development this morning. Uh, just a few hours ago, James Comer, chairman of the House Oversight Committee, uh, uh, sent a letter to the National Archives saying, we want records of all Air Force Two flights, that's the government plane that shipped uh, Joe Biden across the world when he was vice president, in which Hunter Biden or other family members were on a foreign trip for the government. Uh, we believe there's at least 15 trips that Hunter Biden took with his dad aboard Air Force Two, at least one of those we know he scored a business deal in Beijing, and that Joe Biden spent a few minutes meeting with the Chinese official who would eventually do the deal with his son. Uh, there is a belief, according to James Comer, that this will have repeated multiple times. And as he said, there was no government interest in having um, Hunter Biden on these uh, flights. It only could have been for uh, Hunter Biden's personal profit. And for the first time in a communication, James Comer said that the action that Joe Biden took, approving letting his son go on these government trips, was an abuse of power. He basically was using government resources to help his son search for foreign millions uh, for the family to make. So he uses the power, the, the term abuse of power, important because that's a term most often associated with an impeachment request. First time James Comer has put that into a letter, uh, and I think a lot of people should keep an eye on that. Uh, in our uh, interview with James Comer shortly after this, he said, you know what, we're getting closer and closer. A lot of people are warming up to impeachment in the Republican caucus. So uh, definitely a corollary there. Wow. And then on the emails, we'll get that in a second, I guess. Yeah, you know, uh, that is big stuff, by the way, um, when you say that. And, of course, we just heard Kevin McCarthy recently saying that it looks like it's inching towards that. Just so we're clear, John Solomon, what this new information that Comer is looking at, where he says it's, quote, an abuse of power, this is related to Biden meeting when he was vice president. His son goes on Air Force Two. It's taxpayer expense. 
and he met with the Chinese official who does business with his son. Remember, of course, President Biden has said he never met with his son's business associates. Oh, yeah. That one's falling apart by now. There's no doubt. He he held that line for a long time, but the evidence is overwhelming that Joe Biden was having dinner with Hunter Biden's business associates at the Cafe Milano. He dialed into about a 20 phone calls, according to Devin Archer. And uh, Joe Biden had a brief interaction after he took his son to Beijing aboard our our air flight, the taxpayers' air flight, right, Air Force Two. Uh, and he met with a Chinese businessman that then creates an investment fund with Hunter Biden and his business associates. So uh, Joe Biden's story that I had nothing to do with my son's business is falling apart now. And that evidence is overwhelming that he did have some contact. Now, the real question is, uh, how many other trips did Hunter Biden go on where he ultimately had business? Did he travel to Romania? Did he travel to Ukraine? Did he travel to Russia? That is what uh, James Comer is getting to, because um, there wouldn't have been a government reason for Hunter Biden, an adult uh, child of the president, to be on these trips. So uh, the assumption, James Comer says, it, that this was for personal profit, and we need to stop that. And we just have about a minute left. John Solomon, mm-hmm. adjust the news. Fill us in real quick on these emails. There's reports, 5,400 emails Absolutely. that may have used these fake names that Biden may have used, like sort of fake email names when yeah. he was vice president, CCing his son. email accounts. Uh, these are, this is my FOIA. This is a Freedom of Information Act request just, uh, that I worked with on the Southeastern Legal Foundation. The National Archives admits there are 5,400, approximately 5,400 emails from those three, to or from those three pseudonym email accounts that Joe Biden was using as president to talk to his son and other people, but they won't turn them over. So we've sued through the Southeastern Legal Foundation to try to get them for the American people. And today, James Comer said, I'm going to drop uh, a request myself. We're going to get those records in Congress as well. So maybe the public will get them shortly. Wow. Big stuff. John Solomon, you are terrific. Thank you so much with this big breaking news. Keep us posted on all fronts. We shall. Great to be with you. Wow. Thank you, John. Really interesting stuff. And boy, it says a lot about Joe Biden and the Biden family. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Donald. Line five. Donald, your thoughts. Hey, Rita. Hi. Uh, yeah. So, you know, let, let's let's get serious about this. Um, these cognitive impairment issue with, with the president. I mean, realistically, the, the physician to the president Kevin O'Connor, he has to certify that this guy is, is physically and mentally sound. And and, and so how could this guy uh, with any – so you have to question maybe Kevin O'Connor's degree of competency to to, to, to kosher the, you know, the president's you know, state of mind and, and, and well-being. I mean obviously from a, an apparent likely diagnosis, you know, it, it's like a PD dementia, but, but the reality is – is you know we make diagnosis based on history, physical exam, and objective data. So uh, there are other you know, dementia types that can be involved in this that so would give a similar presentation. But the most likely is. Are you a doctor, uh, Donald? Uh, yes. All right, that's uh, what I thought. So what what would you diagnose him as having? I just, I just mentioned the age of a PD dementia. So. So um, is it going to get worse? Does it ever get better? No, no way. <laughs> Uh, no, no, but and again, I, I, you know, this is just a, a non-professional comment. You know, I mean, maybe, no, but it's I'm it's interesting as as a doctor. I'm not a doctor, so it's very interesting uh, to get a medical perspective. I, I, I mean, like Rita, any anyone from housekeeping would, would know there's a significant cognitive. By impairment. the way, you're correct. <laughs> you're correct. It is that apparent. Uh, that it's that Donald, you're terrific. You got to call back again. I love your analysis. Make sure you do. 
1-800-848-9222, and we'll continue your calls after the break. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, in which we honor our great military and their families, I love doing this segment every night here on the Rita Cosby Show. Well, a powerful story coming from Shenandoah County Fairgrounds in Woodstock, Virginia, where hundreds of veterans gathered a few days ago in the grandstand there for a service honoring the military service and their dedication to our country. Veterans uh, such as a guy named James Lawrence, who served in the Navy, and those such as 96-year-old Norman Perea, who was a World War II Korean and Vietnam War veteran. Well, they all stood together and saluted our flag during the national anthem on Tuesday morning during the Veterans Tribute Ceremony. Now, following the singing of the national anthem and a rendition of the service songs for each of the military branches, there was a short parade of vehicles representing local first responders and veterans groups. Uh, and they made a lap around the racetrack. How beautiful to see. One of the speakers was former Navy Captain Michael Olmstead. He's a retired member of the Navy, and he spoke about his 28 years in service. And he emphasized the role of military families in the life of service members, saying they sacrifice so much for our nation. In our absence, they carried on life as normal. But we all know that was not normal. How powerful and how beautiful to see not just the veterans, but also their families heralded in such a beautiful and powerful way. Well, we know that the military is down there in Florida as people continue to get battered from Hurricane Adalia. Uh, also, the Carolinas also getting hit, too, as well. And joining us now for a little bit of an update uh, who calls us, and we love him when he calls in, Mike from South Carolina, right there on the North Carolina border. Uh, Mike, give us the latest. What's going on there? Okay, Rita. Um, the latest is the worst is it was when I was on the phone with you earlier. And it calmed down, and I've spoken to a lot of native, you know, uh, South Carolinians, and I got to work on my accent, you know, South Kakalaki. Uh, but, yeah, I, who knows what Mother Nature brings, Um so right now I'm cleaning windows in my condo inside. So oh, but that's, but that's a good sign. That means the cleanup. So uh, how long was it over uh, the Carolinas, you think? Oh, I think uh, uh, I'm still waiting for the cable guy tomorrow. And so I'm listening to my smartphone and, and news reports here. Uh, probably they say till maybe midday, late afternoon tomorrow, Thursday. Yep. But I got to I got to tell you this reader if I can. Um you know, all your segments on, on Back to Blue and the Vets. When I was up in Long Island, 4th of July week, I visited my Uncle Paul, 97. He was Dad's oldest friend, rest his soul, growing up in Rockwell Center. 82nd Airborne Battle of the Bulge. He's breaking down big time. Mm. And you know what? This Biden even had a story, all these stories and lies. Oh, I had an uncle, uh, 82nd Airborne, and I was, you know, it never happened. Like, he was at the top of his class. This, oh, please, don't get me started. Hey, Stanley, listen, you got to get your own show on the internet, okay, Stan? 
Until you stick to the Catskills. Yeah, you stick to the Catskills. Sam, the man with the plan who who, uh, hates Donald Trump. By the way, I just want to say, Mike, I love you. And I love you even more uh, that your great uncle Paul, you said 97 years young, uh, Battle of the Bulge, 82nd Airborne, uh, one of the great, great heroes of our country. Um, Thank you, Mike. If I could say, Rita. Yeah, real quick. uh, I got a love of my heart for you, too. And Dominic on deck. Cortland, let's go Cortland. Absolutely. <laughs> anyway. He's the best. Right. Absolutely. Mike, thanks so much. And you stay uh, safe and dry, my friend. Thank you very, very much. I'm so happy to hear that so far uh, the damage, at least where he is, is not uh, super significant. Thank goodness. Uh, and obviously, if you're hearing us, as you all do from around the country, let us know how you're doing and what you're experiencing right now. I pray that everybody else gets out safe and sound as well. Uh, We're talking, he was also talking about uh, Biden and his stories that just kind of keep on changing, whether it deals with corn pop or whether it deals with the kitchen fire. It goes on and on and on. Let's go to Jacqueline real quick, line three. Jacqueline, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. Um, You know, you played that clip with President Trump uh, and a couple of points I wanted to add. You know, he's going to be the GOP nominee and he doesn't even need to campaign. So no matter what they do, it's not going to change the inevitable. Um, the, The one thing that they're trying to do is take him off the ballot. If they succeed in doing that, he can be written in. Um, and as far as Joe Biden is concerned, with all of this information that has come out into the open, Democrats are starting to turn against him. So I don't think he I think he's going to lose a lot of the Democratic votes. And I think any independents that voted for him in 20, they're not going to be voting for him in view of all the information that's come to light. And if I can add one other thing, the other night, uh, Teddy called in from Yonkers and he invited uh, Norm and Mike and BJ and myself and Dominic, and I think he should include you since it's your show. Uh, he said he would meet us uh, at a place of our choosing, and it would be on his dime. Well, as you well know, next month, which is tomorrow, um, there's going to be a fundraiser that President Trump is having for Mayor Giuliani. And if it's okay with you, I talk to Norm about it. And uh, I think we should suggest that to Teddy. Oh, my so. God. No, you know what? We don't, you know, I don't want anybody to uh, to have a heart attack. Uh, Teddy would have a heart attack walking in there and be like, no, where are we? No. Well, he, Can you he imagine? a place of our choosing, so oh, I think that would be fair. Very creative idea, Jacqueline. Very creative idea. Uh, I don't think I think Teddy would absolutely pop a cork. And in fact, Teddy is calling in. Let's go to Teddy. Uh, Teddy, what do you think about Jacqueline's offer? Uh, go to a, a fundraiser for Rudy Giuliani at Bedminster. I said, if I recall, I would meet you all at the New York Public Library on 42nd Street and and uh, Fifth Avenue. OK, I'm not taking you out to, to dinner or lunch. No, Teddy, but I'd like Teddy, to have Teddy. an honest. Teddy, Teddy, Teddy. Hang on, hold on, Teddy, Teddy, Teddy. I think Jacqueline was trying to put out an olive branch to you. Uh, So I I thought that was a nice thing. You know, I I don't think she was. I think she's having a little fun. Come on, Ted. You got to enjoy her joke. I will will acquiesce. Okay, I'm not unbending. I'll I'll take it for granted that she meant well, and I'll I'll agree to that. Oh, look, there you go. There you go. (laughs) Now, Rita, if you just let me, I'm going to be 
come and express a viewpoint. I agree with you on Biden is not in the best of health, I don't think. But also McConnell should really consider and Dianne Feinstein, I'll second what Stan said, but you don't talk about that. I I agree. By the way, Teddy, 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 I agree. Clearly, now it's a repeat a, a happenstance that's at least happening with McConnell. At least he needs to figure out what it is for himself. Um, and I also think for Diane Feinstein, because it's become very apparent. I mean, clearly this is something that's happened a number of times. And I think it was Peter King who was saying earlier today when we were talking, I think Peter said that the way the staff reacted when it happened was like they were kind of used to it. So it seems like maybe it's been happening more and more. Uh, Dr. Siegel said it might be Parkinson's with with, um, you know, with uh, Mitch McConnell, my heart breaks for him, but he clearly is having, sadly, some issues. Um, and you can see it. And and Feinstein, same thing. Uh, I think it's time. Don't you think it's time for Biden to call it quits, too, Ted? Well, that that's something I'm not a doctor to make a judgment on that. Oh, Ted, Biden come on. You, you what? Do you no, think he's like as spry as the as the, you know, Irish spring? No, he's not. But we all age. I mean, I'm 74, uh, Rita, and I used to. Ted, play you sound football. great. Ted, you sound great. Yeah, you know, you are coherent. You are. You are. You are. Sh- that's why. And you, Ted, you may have heard what I also said uh, to Stan, and I think it was to to uh, Jacqueline afterwards. I said, "Listen, I don't think age is necessarily the barometer, but I think when there's something that's such a visual degradation." Um, and, and listen, people come in and out, and, and it may not even be a, a full-time. It may be, let's step back, get the help you need, um, and then maybe come back. Maybe it's something, if it's something that's fixable, I'm all for making sure people get the best help they can. But, I mean, you can't tell me. I, I, we just had a doctor call in, Ted, and he was like, uh, he, I forgot the term he used, but it was a certain PD dementia, I think is what he said. Um, and he's like, clearly he has it. And I said, will he get better? And he said, no, it only gets worse. And, and it looks like it's getting worse before our eyes, Ted, don't you think? Well, I can't. I'm not medically qualified to make that. that I'm not uh, either, but I think a second grader can figure that out, Ted. I mean, he seems to be falling apart before our eyes. And and he goes on these bizarre stories, these bizarre tangents, like, you know, people who have sort of synapses in their brains that are not uh, working right that okay. seem to go on different. That that's where I'm going. But Ted, Ted, I gotta go. I love you. I appreciate you, and I'm glad you're taking us all for lunch or dinner. That okay, makes me very, good. very happy. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Ted. Look, he just said yes. You guys are all my witnesses. We got Ted. Ted's buying. I'll have. Uh, let's see. Perrier Jouet, Cristal Champagne, uh, steak, lobster, <laughs> escargot. Ted's treating. This is great, guys. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Before we go, I want to talk about also what's going on with the migrant situation because now today we know that Governor Kathy Hochul of New York uh, went down to Washington trying to talk to the Biden administration. And she has been getting a little more vocal of late. Uh, here is what she said recently about the federal government. I'm glad she at least went to the White House. They should be meeting with her. The president should have met with her. By all accounts, she was meeting with the chief of staff. That's a slap in the face. Uh, she's the governor of New York. The president should make the time. He's clearly there. He was there. We saw him today's in D.C. Should have made at least a few minutes to talk with her and hear her out. But take a listen to what she said recently. 
This crisis originated with the federal government, and it must be resolved through the federal government. The borders and decisions about who can work are solely determined by the federal government. And since July of 2022, in our first meeting with the president, Mayor Adams and I have championed the idea of a federal designation that would allow the individuals already here in New York the ability to work, to support themselves and their families. The mayor and I said then, and in countless meetings with Congress, the White House, cabinet members, at rallies with labor, press conferences, and working with business, what we've said all along is just let them work and help us out financially. That's why today I have sent a letter to President Biden formally requesting immediate executive action in four key areas. First, expedited work authorization so we can get these people out of shelters and into the jobs. Financial support for federal housing vouchers, schools, healthcare, legal services, case management, and shelter for us to provide for these asylum seekers. The use of more federal facilities to construct new temporary shelters. And reimbursement for the cost of our National Guard, which have been on the ground at these shelters throughout the state since last year. And Mayor Eric Adams of New York had this to say. Take a listen. Any plan that once that states all migrants must stay in New York City, that's a failed plan. Any plan that does not include stopping the flow at the border is a failed plan. And they are quibbling over and more than quibbling, fighting and finger pointing, saying it's your fault. It's your fault. It's your fault. Uh, Kathy Hochul basically saying that essentially migrants will stay in New York City because that's the city that has the right to shelter, the sanctuary city policies. Mayor Eric Adams saying this should be all of New York's problems. I also contend they should be sending them back to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. But I'm happy that at least Eric Adams is pointing to the problem at the border. He's not calling Biden by name, but he is at least saying, hey, the flow at the border is a problem. That's a good step. Ted Cruz goes a lot further He says it is time to put Mayorkas on the hot seat. I believe the House should impeach Alejandro Mayorkas, the Secretary of Homeland Security, for opening up our borders and creating the the greatest humanitarian history, disaster in our history. And when we come back, uh, we are now hearing that they are getting ready for many, many migrant children to be put into classrooms in New York City, public school classrooms. Already they have 19,000. There's going to be another 500 more classes start in the public school September 7th. Uh, They have a whole bunch of English as a new language teacher. Those are ones who can teach English to those who are not traditionally English speaking. Also 1,700 teachers who are fluent in Spanish. They're bilingual. Uh, We're paying for all of it. And you know it's going to get a lot more. Um, also, new numbers that it's over 110,000 uh, reportedly. Um, they were saying about a, somewhere between 107 and 111,000 migrants essentially have come to New York uh, just in a short bit of a span. And they do not see any end in sight. In fact, they're saying they are busting at the seams and they cannot sustain this pace. Uh, what a surprise. Don't you think they should have said that uh, maybe a year or two ago.
who do you blame? And don't you think there's a bit of a mess by saying you're going to put migrant kids who don't even speak English into classrooms with kids? First of all, there's a language barrier issue. There's also problems, of course, they haven't been vetted necessarily. Think about for health checks. I mean, there's a lot of things that could go wrong with this. Uh, What do you make of this? And should New York City parents be concerned and even more outraged? 1-800-848-9222. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. City is now bracing because more migrant kids. You know how many migrants are coming every week. Thousands are coming to New York City, and there are some kids, most of them are single adult males, which raises a whole bunch of other issues. But there are some migrant kids, and they're enrolling in schools. And Letitia James, who is the attorney general of New York, put out a message to the school saying, Don't you dare think about turning them down that you are required. You cannot uh, be biased against them or turn them down for whatever reason uh, just because they don't have permanent housing, that their address is a migrant shelter. Uh, So, boy, things are getting really complicated. There are so many layers to this as migrant shelters are popping up, including that one at that Catholic school in Staten Island that's 20 feet from a grammar school. But these are the regular schools And now there are about 19,000 migrant kids enrolled with classes set to begin next week. What could go wrong? Uh, They don't speak the language, many of them, most of them. I'd say probably 99% of them. Uh, We don't know if they're vaccinated or checked. We don't know who they are. We don't know, you know, the families haven't been vetted. They're like, hey, come on in and join your kids. Are you concerned? This really, really ups the ante. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Laura, line seven in Queens. Laura, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. How are you? Good. What do you think of this? Listen, if we're stuck with all these migrant children, what say you about... Hey, Laura, Laura, I'm hearing something in the background. Turn down your radio in the background. Turn it down, please. Hurry up. Turn it down. and, And if you could start, go ahead. What say you about putting these children into their own class instead of holding down and slowing down the rest of the American English speaking children in the class? That's a, that is a, actually that's not a bad idea. On the other hand, we are still paying for it. Taxpayers. I mean, I mean, I feel bad, especially for the kids. So I do think um, maybe putting them in their own independent class. I also think, you know, you've got to vet the families. I mean, you know, what if uh, what if dad, I'm not saying the kid is a, a drug dealer, but, you know, uh, it depends how old are the kids. Are they high school kids? Uh, some of them are. Uh, you know, I hate to say it. I've seen a lot of gang members that are teenagers. Are Have they been vetted? Have they been vaccinated? There's a lot of questions. Do they speak the language like you said? Maybe it's easier to put them in their own class. But I think we also need to know who they are and who their families are. I mean, I mean, you can't just suddenly say, I'm just going to put all these strangers who don't speak the language, young kids in a class. The parents are going to be showing up. They're going to be there. Uh, how do we, I hate to say it, I'm going to say something. I don't even know if they're the parents. Because most of the time, remember, uh, there's been a lot of this human trafficking that's happening where kids are being human trafficked. 
across the border. I mean, there's so many things that are just unknowns. This is new terrain. Um, and I think American taxpayers and New York taxpayers have to at least check it out. Uh, we got to like be sympathetic, of course, to these people, but we got to figure out a way. We got to think of our American kids in the middle of all this. This is nuts. This is nuts. Uh, let's go to Robert, line two in Philly. Robert, your thoughts. I will be very quick, Rita. Um, if, if McConnell and Feinstein and Fetterman and Trader Joe and the Biden crime family were all to resign, that would be four victories for the American people. Just my opinion. And as far as the immigrants go, I would have to say that um, Governor Abbott won. When he started sending the immigrants to New York City, at first they said, oh, he was evil. And then when they started to see the damage that was being done, they started asking for help but not wanting to say anything to Biden. But now you have a high-profile Democrat like Eric Adams, a clown but a high-profile Democrat, saying that we need to stop the flow at the border. Mr. Abbott won. And him and DeSantis was not doing a political ploy. It was to make the liberals who are rah-rahing Biden's um, migrant policy pay for their support. And yeah, that's no, you're right. They, they gave uh, New York City, sadly, a wake-up call. I will say, I will give Adams credit that he's at least saying, stop the flow at the border, because that's an obvious move. And I'm sure the White House doesn't like hearing it, but it's the truth. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024.